you know, back then it was just called like setting a goal. Now it's called manifesting. It's become mystical, but there's nothing mystical about it. It's like you get a goal, you work real hard towards it. Sometimes you fall short, you reevaluate, you set another goal, figure out what didn't work in your process and you keep on grinding. Hello, everyone. We are back for 2023 from Women's Health Australia. This is Uninterrupted, a podcast where we share candid chats about all aspects of well-being so that you can live a healthier, more empowered life. I'm Editor-in-Chief Lisa Gebilagan. It's been 29 years since Venus Williams made her pro tennis debut, cementing herself as a sporting icon. She has seven Grand Slam singles titles to her name, 14 Grand Slam doubles titles alongside her sister Serena, and 49 career titles. She's also launched successful businesses, a plant-based superfood company, Happy Viking, a design company, V-Star, and Eleven by Venus, an activewear brand that she's recently launched here in Australia. Though it might sound like she's reached the pinnacle of success in every endeavor, for Venus, it's all about the process. In this episode with our digital writer, Jess Campbell, Venus opens up about manifestation, her daily wellness rituals, and the lessons she's learned along the way. Just to start, so much is known about your career and, you know, we've watched it unfold on the screen and send a court. But I guess just to go back, what is your earliest memory of being introduced to tennis? Honestly, I don't I don't remember learning how to play tennis. That's the thing. I've always known how to play. That's how young I started. I started four years old. Yeah. When you started, was it a sense of just like that feeling of I feel like I've been doing this my whole life kind of thing or? No, like I said, I don't remember learning how to play. I just have always known how to play. I started at such a young age. It's those years you don't remember that much. I started at four and you know, I think I started to remember more stuff when I was six, but we were always putting in a bunch of hours, always on the court, always practicing. Big basket of balls. That was like, when you saw the balls, you knew we were coming. And was it a case where um, you fell in love with the sport straight away? Or what was that like in terms of your relationship with tennis and, you know, becoming so passionate about it? To be honest, I didn't think. I just did what my parents told me to do. <laughs> It was just what we did. And when I look back, I had to have liked it because I didn't complain. I wasn't upset. But I also didn't think. I was just such a kid, you know? I didn't think about, I didn't even think about choices in life. (laughs) So it was just like at this early stage, I was like a little tennis robot. And I liked to win. And I knew how to win. So it was a thing I think I was always meant to do. Speaking about winning, I mean, the list of accolades to your name is so extensive, but is there a particular Grand Slam or even just a match that stands out to you for being particularly memorable? Particularly memorable. It's hard because like you got to play the first match, right, to get anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to probably lose some rough matches so you can learn the hard knocks. So they're all so important. They're all so important. And each match leads to another. I, I like to say I, I'm, I st- I've learned from every single match, every stage in my career. I love that. I think that's the thing that I really love, especially like just speaking to you, is, you know, so often in the media and in sport especially we really just focus on the wins and the victories but it is really the 
the case where you know those setbacks and those losses are actually and how we respond to them is what shape us has that been the case for you yeah yeah and the, the winning starts long before you lift a trophy and people get to see that fun part the end product but it's the years and the hours that you put into it, the dedication, the blood, sweat, and tears, the hard days on the court, the days you don't want to be there, the days you'd rather like be at a party, you know? So it's all those things that really add up to that like one moment in time, so to speak. And I've been lucky enough to have more than one moment in time. So yeah, it's it's, it's really interesting because that is what people see, but there's so much behind it, you know, the hard days. I love how you're saying that having started so young, you're sort of like a tennis robot. And I know (laughs) like tennis is such a family affair for you and you had your parents as coaches. What did, what are some of the biggest lessons your parents instilled in you throughout your career? Oh man, good God. Everything was a lesson. Didn't matter what we did. It was a lesson. All day was a lesson. So even just a daily dialogue was all about instruction and being a champion my dad was huge on like thinking like a champion being a champion all of those different things so it just permeated every part of our life it wasn't just the tennis I mean it's it almost sounds like everyone's talking about manifesting but like your dad was on it like well you know back then it was just called like setting a goal now it's called manifesting it's become mystical but there's nothing mystical about it it's like You get a goal, you work real hard towards it. Sometimes you fall short, you reevaluate, you set another goal, figure out what didn't work in your process, and you keep on grinding. So obviously you can't just sit back in your chair and manifest whatever you want. You have to like think about it, then start getting down to work. And so setting goals was huge for my dad. He said, write down your goals. He always had us writing down our goals. He had us work on things like visualizing. My mom was all about strength, raising really strong women, uh, confident women, women who could do things for themselves. She always said, you never ask anyone for anything. Do it yourself. You know, Uh, she also raised us with values of respect, honesty, truth, keeping your word. So they both gave us the same lessons, but, you know, they some of some of them were more important, like for my dad or for my mom, what they emphasized. So they wanted us to be good human beings and be able to survive in this world. It's, it's a beautiful world, but it's, it's hard out here, you know, and you're going to go through some hard times. You're going to be beautiful times, but you got to be ready to roll with the punches and be ready for people to punch you because sometimes they're going to come for you and that's fine. And you have to enjoy the battle. So they just wanted us to be ready for life. And tennis was a, a byproduct of that. I'm curious as well, you know, particularly when it comes to the singles competition in tennis, you know, like it is this sort of lifestyle where you're frequently touring, you're honing your skills one-on-one with the coach. And I mean, I'm just a fan, but it looks like it can be at times like quite isolating from your experience, what was it like being able to navigate the professional circuit with your sister Serena alongside you? You know, what's interesting is the only experience that I know. And I know a lot of people do it by themselves, but to me, that makes no sense, you know? So they're like, well, why is your family? Don't you have a brother or sister that plays? And I know it's just a unique kind of situation, but yeah. it's really all we know. And, and it's been the best and most amazing and the best blessing, the best experience to be able to do it with my sister and my family there with me. And it's, it's, it's just like, we didn't need anything else. We had each other and we had a good time. Win, lose or draw, we had fun. 
What would the so what in terms of being in like a grand slam or a competition, what would those sort of conversate like would it be the case where you guys would all um have dinner together? Like what does it look like? Well, we would schedule our own practices because we like to practice different things, especially at a tournament. You really need to hone in on what you need to practice on. So when Serena wasn't on tour at first, she was like my hitting partner. And then by the by the next year or two, she was on tour. And so we would have our own little practices and practice on our own things. And um, then she has her own match, too. Like, for example, she could play the 11 o'clock match in the morning. I could be playing night match. So you can imagine we have to adjust our schedules to to do what we need to do for each of our matches. So we were always with each other, but we were still honing our games separately. And then you're playing different players, too. So I might want to work on like some other strategy in practice as opposed to she's playing somebody else. He was a counterpuncher. I'm playing an offense player, you know. So but, yeah, we always practice side by side. We usually end up practicing to a very similar time. So we'll usually are side by side on the same by the, on the same courts. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. Um, and Venus, you know, as a role model for women in sport and someone who has been so significant in the campaign for equality, what are some of the biggest changes you've perceived throughout your career in terms of how women are recognized and celebrated in sport? Uh, changes that I've perceived in my career, I mean, it's so exciting, but I want sport for women to accelerate faster and for there to be more opportunities for women in sport and all kinds of sports. And there's been great opportunities for women in tennis for a long time, but now it's a time to up the ante. So it's great to see sports like women's basketball have amazing attendance this summer, at least in the States. I can't speak to Australian sports as much, but what I can say is it's great to see like international sports like soccer, um, you know, gaining traction and women's world cup being amazing. I think, um, well, the the uh, Women's Rugby World Cup was down under. It wasn't in Australia, but it was in New Zealand. It was, like, really well attended, and there was so much excitement. And, like, that's great to see. Yeah, it is amazing. There's, there's a lot happening. I think um, the Women's Football World Cup as well is going to be down under as well. Fans want it, you know? Like, there's an audience for it, and everyone wants to see women's sport get the time on the tv and have the advertisers and everything so but yeah it just feels like the shifts within the actual sport itself are sort of slow to catch up to the public's desire to see it Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah but venus i want to talk to you now about mental health because i think it was a new york times op-ed of yours that i read where you talked about how your mother taught you um, to take care of your whole self. And I think now, especially, we're seeing more athletes um, open up about the toll of competition and the importance of mental health. For you, what does taking care of your whole self look like, especially now that, you know, you're not just a professional athlete, but you also are a really busy businesswoman. So what does what does that look like? Yeah, what does that look like? I don't know. It's it's a constant juggle, to be honest. <laughs> it's like you got, for me, um, free time is, is good for my mental health. And, you know, I find myself involved in a lot of different things. So um, that's, a, that's a huge part of it, just having some free time to do what I want or honestly not to be like on a conference call. 
I don't like, I'm not a huge talker. I get straight to the point. And small talk, I've decided not to do it. I decided summer 2021, I was at, hate small talk. I won't do it. Actually, I've been being driven crazy that Art Basel is small talk. Last night, I almost died. I just like shut down. I was like, I want to leave. I don't want to have any more like small conversations about, oh yeah, you know, the weather is actually much better in LA than than Florida at this time. He's like, I don't want to talk about this. Killing brain cells. Especially like if you're going to these events and I feel like small talk is, yeah, as you said, like all people do. Do you just sort of go into a conversation and you're like, no, I'm not doing it. Sorry. Yeah. It's nice to talk to people that you you really know and have connections to. I think it's when you're, and then there's sometimes where you meet people and you have a real connection. And and so then there, it isn't small talk. You actually have a connection. So it's not that I don't want to connect with lots of people, but if it starts to be small talk, then maybe that person's not for me. Oh man. I love that. So is that um, small talk is out of the question? Small talk is out of the question. Um, Lack of sleep, bad for mental health, in my opinion. So getting enough rest, getting enough free time to pursue your own life, important. And hopefully setting your life up with doing things that make you happy. Like, for example, I hate planks. They don't make me happy, but I do them. That's di- that's different. Like, okay, you got to do your planks. But if you hate your job or if you hate your relationships and how they're going, if you, are, if you don't like your own behavior, those are things that will ruin your mental health. So being able to set yourself up in general with a happy life is extremely important. I really love what you said just then about also granting yourself the sort of free time to explore other interests and other passions and especially like to hear that from an athlete where you know it's it seems like sport can so quickly turn into like a tunnel visual tunnel vision quest for success and I think as well in your case with this idea of your whole self it also seems to speak to identity and for me like what your mom was saying also has resonance in the sense that we want to we want to know that our self-worth isn't tied to just one thing that we do. So I guess I want to ask, you know, how has the pursuit of your business ventures and other interests sort of helped expand your sense of identity away from just Venus, the tennis player? Yeah, it definitely helps you develop value outside of the court, but also to appreciate the court too. Because it's nice to be very good at something. And in other places, you may not be as good or maybe you're still learning. So it makes you appreciate like, okay, I have this this gift that I can that I can exercise on a daily basis. So I think it's, it plays it forward on both ways and um, or pays it forward. And yeah, I think it's important to know who you are off the court because it is an identity. Like I'll always be a tennis player in my head. You'll always be a competitor. It's just a certain way you think. And when you're wired to do that, it's who you are. But you need, then you have to wire yourself to do other things. And it's important to do that sooner than later. Mm, absolutely. Um, Venus, I know in 2011, you also revealed that you were diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Can you share anything about that diagnosis and you know, like, did that change your view of well-being at all or health? Um, if anything, it just deepened it. I was always very healthy. And yeah. like in our house growing up, you didn't get 
there weren't there wasn't like candy and sweets. If you wanted a snack, you went and grabbed an apple or a carrot or orange, or you made a salad for yourself and things like that. You just didn't there were there wasn't anything. So I grew up with extremely healthy habits, and that's actually really important. If you don't grow up like that, you have to actually learn them. So I um, was already healthy and obviously an athlete, but I just dived in deeper to health. And I think people are really starting to dive into like our food sources and what's happening with those sources, where they come from. So at that time, it made me dive in deeper to all that because you know these things could be affecting my health. So I I, lo- I love health and wellness even more because of it. I'm just obsessed. And do you sort? Of, are there any wellness rituals that you practice daily? Yeah, for sure. I I'm plant based. I'm a cheating vegan. Um, and I also have my plant based protein powder, Happy Viking, which is a huge part of my life because I I live off smoothies. I think Australia have probably has a smoothie culture too, you know. But like smoothies, shakes. And that's how I start my day and that's how I end my day and that's how I supplement like when I'm working out. So that's a huge part of my my routine as well. And also just trying to make it fun too. That's important. Like if you just hate what you eat all the time, you have a miserable existence. Maybe there's some people who can do it, but I'm not one of them. I don't know anybody else. I just haven't met that person yet. So I try to have fun with it and go when I travel, find nice restaurants. My favorite is when I find an amazing vegan meatball. My goodness. The other day I had like lentil meatballs. It was it was solid. Like the sauce helped cover up the taste some. But yeah, I had like a sausage, like Italian sausage in L.A. One of my favorite restaurants there is Crossroads. It It's unreal. Like I'm, I'm tasting I'm like I know it's a vegan restaurant, but could this really be vegan it can't you know uh, when I'm in LA I eat there like every single day so um sometimes I cook too but it depends on like how much energy I have I have moments where I just don't have the the courage to cook you know because it takes time out of your day to do that and but like all in a I, I like doing things like making a big pot of beans and things like things that you can make like you can layer on is is nice and quick and Venus, I want to talk about your business ventures because you've achieved so much success, not only on the court, but also with your businesses. What was it that made you want to start them? And were there any sort of skills you learned um, in tennis, sort of like discipline or hard work that you felt helped you when you were starting these businesses? Yeah, of course. These learn so much on the court. Like you said, discipline, hard work, all the things. And those are lessons that are deeply ingrained. And so unless you just don't want any part of that when you leave the court, some people are like that. They just want to uh, be loose when they leave the court. And, and I understand that in a way that you just you just give so much that you want to relax in your personality and not be so strict I guess but for me it's it, it's just um it's a way of life and you take that kind of athletic mindset to everything that you do and pursue and with 11 the activewear label I think it's um so it's launching in Australia early January yeah so we have our launch coming up and I'm very excited about it because I've had all so many great memories in Australia and you know my first time I came in Australia was 17 years old which such such a privilege right most people don't get to go to Australia at 17 years old 
And I remember falling in love with it and just feeling like Melbourne was just like, you know, felt so much like California and having the best time. It's where I won my first major. So I'm excited to be able to launch 11 there. And also Australia has such a health culture, too, and being able to be fully immersed in that. With 11, how sort of involved are you with the design process? Very much involved. So with the design process, how how it starts is that I create the inspiration behind it. And so I'll start my boards on what I'm thinking and how I'm feeling and what's next and that sort of thing. So, you know, our next collection is about um, women in sports and it's 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 very powerful so and then from there we'll like look at the trends and decide if we want to put any of those trends in or if we're just going to create our own trends so to speak and we look at colors colors i have to say is probably one of the hardest parts we always really spend a lot of time on that and um try to figure out how colors are working best and also figure out like how do you make things easy to wear but still fashionable and that's like a striking a interesting balance yeah it's um I have to say like the collections eleven has released have been incredible. And I think it's also testament to you in the sense that you throughout your career you've sort of been hailed as this fashion icon on the court. Um why or what did you sort of gain from that sense of self expression through fashion, particularly in tennis where the uniform is other, otherwise like quite regimented. Yeah. Um, well, my uniform is not so regimented. I don't know about the other players. But for me, I go hard. So, um, yeah, I, I love the arts. It makes me quite happy. I, I just derive a lot of happiness from being a part of the arts or watching them or participating, learning. And I would have ended up in that field regardless if I had not played sports. So it's it's a really a manifestation or keyword of the day of of who I am inside so it makes me happy to be able to to mix the things that I love which is fashion arts and wellness and here in Australia Venus you know um summer is very synonymous with tennis obviously we have it you know we go into the new year and we have the Australian Open straight away what do you love about playing at the Australian Open Whenever I'll put it this way, whenever I come to Australia, we if if we lose, we don't leave early. We end up staying almost the whole entire time that it's going on, and we just enjoy ourselves, eat at restaurants, you know, go down to the beach, shop, hang out with friends. So we don't we don't leave, and it's not just me. All the players love Australia, and the Australian Open is so innovative in how they approach the tournament, the fans, the players. They've done a lot of firsts that other tournaments have copied, and that's that's nice to be a leader and to be innovator even in that arena. And love love all the new arenas that are being built there, but it's just a lot of memories. Like I I, I literally grew up there. You know, I grew up playing the tournament. And so then when you when you go, there's so many moments, so many memories every single time that I'm there. And from a competitive standpoint, what keeps driving you in terms of tennis? Yeah, for me, it's about just knowing I have something left to give. If I feel like I have nothing left to give, then I won't be able to put in the work that's required. It's a lot of work. 
It's a lot of um, sacrifice, which is everybody's making sacrifices. This is my own particular one, but it's definitely a rigid lifestyle. So um, if I can't balance that line until the line anymore, then I know that it's time to go. Yeah. And um, I guess just finally, I wanted to ask, what does 2023 have in store for you? What are you going to be working on and what are you most excited about? Yeah, so many launches uh, with Happy Viking, new flavors, with Eleven, new collections and new partnerships. With my tennis, I'm always adding new things. I've always been a player that's just adding new stuff, adding new things. Um, so all all these things are, are very exciting. And, of course, I want to spend time with my my niece, too. That's, that's really important. She's continue to get older and continue to understand the world around her and I want to be a part of helping shape that yeah amazing well that's um all I wanted to ask today Venus again so grateful for your time today really really appreciate it and it's been such a joy chatting to you thank you so much this episode of uninterrupted was hosted by Jess Campbell and produced by me Lisa Gebelagen For more from us, pick up a copy of the latest issue of Women's Health. We have two awesome covers this issue, one with Venus Williams and another with Laura Henshaw. Find it on newsstands or online via Apple News+. Plus. Visit us at womenshealth.com.au and follow us on Instagram at womenshealthaus. Thank you. I hope you've had a great start to the year and we'll see you next time.